Mommy needs a minute. Welcome to the Mommy Needs a Minute podcast, where we take some time each week to talk about motherhood. I'm Jenna, the host of this show, mom to four-year-old Stone and the creator of Hands Down the shopping platform that empowers moms to seamlessly discover, organize, share, and shop tried-and-true product recommendations alongside their mom friends and other moms. As always, we are here for a short time today, and... I know I personally had kind of a crazy weekend. My sister got married. I'm a little bit hungover right now, as you can tell in my voice. And I would love to just kind of ground as we get started. So join me in starting this off with a nice deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Moms, let's take a minute. Here we go. Today's conversation is really important to think about and learn about because last year at this time, there was a major surge in cases of RSV, the flu, and of course, COVID, causing a tridemic that specifically impacted babies, older folks, and even kids. And now that fall of 2023 is upon us, I've called upon one of our brand partners to help us better understand how we parents can better prepare for this cold and flu and RSV and COVID and all the things season. So I'm sitting down with Dr. Stephen Gowdy today, highly distinguished pediatric ENT and founder of Dr. Knows Best, which is a company that provides wellness solutions for children and peace of mind for parents, which let's agree we could all use. Dr. Gowdy, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. What I've gathered so far is that there are two ways for parents to really think about some of these illnesses that go around uh, this time of year, whether it's RSV, flu, COVID, and that's prevention and treatment. For a lot of our listeners who have children in daycare and preschools like me, Um, It feels like our kids are just, they just always have something. And I know my son has a cold more often than not. And, you know, you can listen to me right now. (laughs) I probably picked it up. Um, But we're just always in it. So what are the typical, you know, um, symptoms that we can look out for in RSV and flu, especially since they're always getting something? And how can we really differentiate between the two? I will try to go kind of from big picture to microscopic. Okay, good. I think, you know, I've done the daycare shuffle. It is a struggle, you know, it is a struggle bus for sure. Uh, And if it seems like your kids are always getting sick, it's because they are. So a normal, healthy baby is going to get ill or sick six to 10 times a year or more if they're in childcare, daycare, you know, and that's normal. That's healthy. It is frustrating. It's hard to stay at work. It's, you know, it's all the things, right? But they're building up their immune system. So to your point is like, how do we, how do we prevent it? I mean, obviously hand washing, you know, 
ill contacts, staying away, that kind of stuff makes sense. Um, can you get to zero infections? No, not really. And, and their, their immune system needs to, to develop appropriately. I would say that the certain things that people need to be aware of or think about is if you have a very young baby, meaning six or nine months of age or less, uh, their immune system is, is completely undeveloped. So for the first six months or so, they're living off the antibodies of mom that have passed into their bodies. So they're using mom's immune system, uh, which is one of the interesting kind of topics about RSV that we can get into is the vaccine for moms that will then pass that immunity into their babies because RSV really impacts young babies quite a bit. Um, and so six to nine months, they're living off the immune system of their mother's and then developing their own. So they're a little bit, you know, you don't want people kissing your one month old baby, you know, in the, in the right. wintertime. Is it true that antibodies are also delivered through breast milk? Because I remember hearing that when, um, you know, when I was breastfeeding and people saying, you know, feed them for as long as you can so that they get all of your antibodies. Is that true? There is some passive absorption of those antibodies through their gut, you know, so obviously that is a different you know, absorption path, like uh, prenatally before your baby's born, they're getting it directly through the blood. So that's pretty efficient. Whereas absorbing it through the gut is less efficient. That makes sense. So that Mm -hmm. you can get passive antibodies from breast milk. Uh, I'm not an immunologist, so I can't measure or quantify that for you, but I think certainly breastfeeding does provide that uh, advantage for children. But that doesn't mean that children that receive, you know, formula or whatever, you know, have some immune deficiency or so on. But certainly if that is available and possible, it's something to also consider. So RSV specifically, you mentioned babies nine months and younger are at higher risk because of the lack of development of their immune system. So how does RSV then impact children over nine months of age? Yeah, I mean, so all, I mean, it, RSV, is, I mean, is respiratory syncytial virus. It can affect, it generally has the most profound impact on the very young, meaning, you know, 12 months or, or younger, really, or to the very old. So if grandma or grandpa is also watching your child who has RSV, it puts them at risk as well. And so... Mm-hmm. It's a virus. There's not any medications to really in current state that make it go away quicker. Uh, There are some monoclonal antibodies now that are recommended um, for uh, very young children or children with complex heart disease or immune disease or so on that the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics is recommending all, all young children get, which I think is, I mean, just hot off the presses. So we'll see how this RSV season goes, but RSV is around. It peaks every year. As you mentioned earlier, last year we had the tridemic. So it was not just RSV, but it was RSV and flu and COVID. So lots of viruses. Um, And one unique fact about children that your listeners may be unaware is that babies have to breathe through their nose for the first year of life. And so that's why any cold, but particularly RSV, which causes tons of mucus in the nose, is so is so dangerous and impactful because they can't breathe through their nose at all, and then they can't drink because babies breathe, eat and breathe simultaneously. They get dehydrated, and then they end up in the ER, potentially admitted to the hospital to get nasal suctioning, and occasionally have to be on a breathing machine. And what are like what are early warning signs that a baby might be developing something more severe? 
like a respiratory infection? And when should parents seek that medical attention versus, you know, treated at home? So great question. So number one, you need to have a great pediatric health care provider that you know and trust. You know, I mean, you're uh, if you're listening to this and you in the United States, you know that they they kindly let you go home the next day. And so they give you this very complex, uh, you know, thing that you've been growing for nine months without any instruction. So get the instructions from your pediatric health care provider right away so that they know they've imparted to you what to look out for, right? So a fever in a two-week-old is a, is a you know, very concerning. A fever in a six-month-old, it, you know, the concern is different, right? So understanding those guidelines uh, from your, your pediatric healthcare provider is important. So, you know, assuming that you're talking about a six-month-old or a nine-month-old or 12-month-old who gets a runny nose, a fever, you know, low-grade. So in, in, in the medical field, if it's a, a fever less than 100.5, we don't really call that a fever. You know, I, I know that's frustrating to families. Um, but if they have, you know, what seems to be a cold, then certainly managing the fever with Tylenol or Motrin, depending on their age. So you can only give Motrin after about six months of age, you know. Um, but again, dosing all that with your pediatrician. But things to watch out for, you know, Lethargy, meaning they're tired, they don't want to eat, fewer wet diapers, they're really laboring to breathe, so they'll use accessory muscles, so they'll start opening up their nostrils to breathe, that's called flaring, they'll start retracting, meaning the skin over their neck or under their ribs, uh, you know, starts pulling in. Those are the, the warning signs of respiratory issues, uh, you know, certainly very high fevers, febrile seizures, those, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. I mean... I mean, I would say one thing is like people are like, well, my child isn't blue around the lips. I'm like, man, if your child's blue around the lips, they're out of gas. Like the, mm. the, the check engine light's been on for a long time and you're just not picking up those signs. And when they turn blue, they're pooped out and they're that, you know, everything's getting ready to fall apart. Are there recent developments or updates related to RSV or the flu that we should be aware of outside of, you know, last year, obviously there was a huge surge around this time. And so I think that's why we're all kind of hyper aware and looking to learn about it right now. How has, how have these viruses changed over the past year? Is there anything specific now that we should know of or be looking out for? Yeah. I mean, the viruses inherently change every year. Uh, and so again, the flu, you know, making sure you're aware of working with your pediatric provider is important. Uh, every year there's a, a vaccine for the flu, you know, you should discuss with your provider, whether that's good for your child or not in general, you know, I think it's very helpful, you know, but they have to predict it far in advance, which strains of the flu are going to be going on. I'm already seeing people that have had the flu. So now is the time to investigate. Uh, again, same thing with COVID. It's changing, getting the best advice from your pediatric provider about that vaccine as well. Uh, and then, as I just mentioned, the RSV, you know, now has a monoclonal antibody as for your baby who's young, as well as a vaccine for a pregnant mom. So if you're, you know, 34 weeks right now and you're going to deliver your baby during the RSV season, that's also a protected for your baby. And then also for grandparents, there's a vaccine. So there, there's a lot of cool new stuff coming out uh, for RSV. So hopefully that will reduce the severity of the of the illness because, you know, this last year, hospitals were completely full. 
Oh, yeah. And and is what about for toddlers? You know, maybe children age, say, one to three or four. Um, as far as RSV, is it less of a concern? How does it impact children within that age range? Yeah, I mean, because those children are older, their immune system is more developed, you know, in theory, they're less uh, likely to get severe disease because, again, the severe disease uh, impacts you know, the young children that can't blow their nose, that can't cough up all the mucus as easily. Um, and, you know, when they're two or three, they can cough and, and they can actually breathe pretty well out of their mouth. So they don't have to breathe right. out of their nose. But it certainly can still, you know, create a prolonged illness and they can have, you know, coughing. You know, you can develop secondary pneumonias related to, you know, about 10 percent of the time for any viral illness. So it can still, you know, knock you down. Um, yeah. But it's less less impactful, uh, you know, at one year, two years, three years of age. When my son um, was really sick recently, he kept um, complaining that his nose wasn't working, which just <laughs> broke my heart because right. I know the feeling. Right. So yeah. um, when I met your team, so Dr. Gowdy founded an amazing brand called Dr. Nose Best, which is available for sale on Hands Down, our shopping app. And I know my son is four, and he still isn't really able to empty his nose of the tissue or even blow his nose remotely. It's about he's about as good at that as he has at doing jumping jacks, which is right. not great. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about the Nosebot and why it's unique and how it helps both with prevention and treatment for both babies and kids? Yeah. So for, as a pediatric ear, nose and throat doctor, I think a lot about boogers and earwax and all that good stuff. And I think, you know, your son's description of my nose is broken is right. I mean, you know, when you and I get a bad cold, our nose is broken. So really the keys to good nasal hygiene is irrigation. So using a sterile solution, mostly in my opinion, sterile uh, saline. So salt water, because not only does it push all that stuff out, but it pulls some of the swelling out. So it's like if you go to, to the ocean and get hit in the face with a wave, you know, it kind of gross, but all the boogers come out. So same thing with that. It can be a mist. Whatever you can get your kid to do uh, is great. And then let it sit for a minute and then use a nasal suction device. Um, you know, my wife told me we had three kids. She's like, look, man, we need a better device. This blue bulb, this thing you suck with your mouth, that's just not cutting it. You know, and so we developed the Nosebot, which is a portable, rechargeable, hospital-grade suction. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, I knew we needed to create it because I was meeting with a family who was hospitalized, and their child has Down syndrome, and children that have Down syndrome have very narrow nose passageways. And the mom looked at me and was like, look, dude, I don't need you. I just need that suction on the wall, and I'm going to get out of here. And so I was like, all right, this is, this is something we need to do for all parents because, you know, in 20... You know, 23, you'll pay $1,000 for a, a tiny little phone that'll organize your life. But, you know, you don't have anything sophisticated to help your, you know, your child fix their their nose that's, you know, not working right or kind of broken. We had a conversation a couple of weeks ago on this show um, with a, a dietitian, and we were talking about how the iPhone, you when you start your new iPhone, it gives you, you know, it walks you through the whole process of your contacts and connecting right. to cloud and everything. I mean, it is such a robust onboarding experience. And to your point, I mean, all of these different elements of parenthood, it's very much like a good luck, like see how it goes. Right. And so I think this is a, a fantastic product. I'm very excited about it for my own personal use. 
Um, but I, you know, it's really interesting to hear. And, and I believe percentage of proceeds from the product are also donated to associations that support children with Down syndrome. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I would say the other thing to think about is that, you know, where our company is focused on upper respiratory health and wellness. So it's not just, you know, fixing the, the nose that won't blow, but it's humidification, it's air purification, thinking about that kind of micro environment or microclimate around your baby. Because again, you know, as a parent and as a pediatric doctor, I know that people, you know, this is your most precious possession and you want to optimize or improve their health and wellness to the best of your abilities. And so we're really focused on meeting the needs of, of those families and, and certainly, you know, giving back to the community. So on that note, what are other um, things we can do at home to prevent mm -hmm. and treat? You mentioned humidification, you know, setting up a humidifier in the room. Like what are some right. suggestions just as parents that we could do either to prevent or just to make them more comfortable when this inevitable season is upon us? Right. So again, we discussed hand washing. That's probably the best thing that you can do. So, you know, washing their hands as soon as they get out of daycare or, you know, you go to one of those jumpy places. And there's, oh, God. You know, people are licking everything. <laughs> and, you know, just so I mean, gross. <laughs> I, yeah, right. But they, they're so they're so happy, you know, and they're oh, worn yeah. out for a little while and you get a you know, they take a big nap. So that's the benefit. Totally. Uh, so I think hand washing, obviously, nutrition and sleep are, are super important. You'll know, you know. For you and me, like if I don't sleep well, I feel like I'm more apt to getting sick or if I'm not eating well, then I think, you know, those are the the ingredients that help with health. Um, and then as far as managing illness, uh, I think certainly, you know, managing their fevers, you know, in concert with your pediatric provider. So Tylenol, Metrin, uh, or, you know, the liquid forms of those and alternating in there every three hours. So in three hours, again, you know, it's based on their weight, it's based on their age. So you need to do your homework. For both of these medications but you know say at noon you give them one thing and then at three o'clock you give them a different thing and then you can alternate right. when their fever is reduced they're going to feel better they're going to let lose less liquids they're going to eat better that kind of stuff um hydration is super important so making sure that they're getting enough that they're urinating a couple times a day that they're you know when they're crying their tears are are kind of coming out you know and looking for signs of dehydration and then you mentioned humidif humidification. So, you know, putting that by their bed at night and optimizing the humidity because uh, you can have it either too dry, which makes it their airways irritable and they want to cough. Or if it's too moist or too wet, you're going to grow mold and that kind of leads to, to asthma. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually coming out with a humidifier soon that will help optimize the humidity in the crib um, just because a lot of parents complain that their humidifiers get moldy and they can't clean them and all that stuff. Cause again, if you're like, you know, showering your child with mold all night, that's not going to be helpful either. Oh yeah. It's just another one of the, the things that, you know, you want to put in there, you know, that it's something that could help, but it also requires this kind of level of, is this the right one? Is this the right way to do right. it? And right. so it's so helpful to have a, a professional create one that then, you know, we don't really have to think twice about it. We just have to fill it right. up. RSV, cold and flu season is here, and it's our job, moms, to keep baby and kiddos' airways clear. We all know the feeling when our kids are having trouble breathing through a stuffy nose. And of course, it's sleepless nights and helplessness for us. 
I was psyched to learn from Dr. Stephen Gowdy, pediatric ENT and dad of three, that he invented a new tool for us parents, the NoseBot. Now available to shop on Hands Down, this hospital-grade, pediatrician-approved suction gives your baby or toddler instant relief from a snotty nose. Thousands of moms are choosing the NoseBot to protect baby's delicate airways, giving clean, safe relief that seriously works when you need it. And at Hands Down, we're all about parents helping parents, clinical experts helping parents, and you are both of those things, a clinical expert and a parent. So can you share with us one product that you and your family can't live without? I mean, my kids are older now, uh, and a lot of the products, the products that we buy revolve around like dogs and cat. Like we just <laughs> like bought two cats over the weekend. But as far as like health products that I think every parent should consider thermometer that's easy mm-hmm. to use for you. A no touch thermometer is nice. Yeah. I mean, call your pediatrician when your kid's sick and you don't know what to do. That's the other thing. Like, yep. I don't want to bother them. I'm like, dude, they're on call. This is they chose to do this to help you, you know, if you're calling them every night at two in the morning, that's probably not going (laughs) to work out. But, you know, there's no reason to be at home wondering, you know, about your kid and their respiratory rate or their fever or whatever. Yeah. Um, Well, this is so helpful. And thank you so much for joining us today and educating us and updating us. And parents, you can follow Dr. Steve Gowdy at Dr. Knows Best on Instagram and TikTok and find the NoseBot on Hands Down. And can't wait to hear about the humidifier as well. We'll be sure to keep our audience updated. And um, you can visit us on Hands Down to see what other moms are saying about this groundbreaking invention also. So thank you again, Dr. Gowdy. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. That was super fun. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, definitely. And that's it for today's episode of Mommy Needs a Minute. I hope this brightened your day a little bit, gave you a moment of support in your life as a mom. And remember, you're not alone in this. We're all dealing with this crazy cold flu RSV season. So let's do it together. And pop on over to Hands Down whenever you need a dose of mom friends, great product recommendations, and be sure to join us for our next episode where we'll continue to bring you more valuable insights into mom life. And Dr. Gowdy will be back We will be talking to him later in the season about allergies and all of the other things we have to worry about. So until then, take care of yourself and remember, you've got this. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your mom friends. We have new episodes releasing every week, so be sure to check back for more. We'd love if you'd give us a five-star review on your podcast app. It's so helpful to us to get reviews and subscriptions. It helps us become more discoverable to moms. And if there's a topic you want us to cover or have thoughts to contribute, be sure to DM us on Instagram at handsdowntheapp or email us at hello at handsdown.shop. We'll feature real moms like you and your stories throughout the season.